Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Thanks so much for joining us today on our podcast. Faith Baptist Church has been the center of my life for the last 41 years. Uh, my walk with God and my relationship to my wife, uh, those two uh, much longer than Faith Baptist Church. I met my wife in the eighth grade, um, and I got saved just after my senior year in high school. So saved in 1975, married in 1981, started our church in 1982, and uh, those three very distinct relationships have been the joy and fulfillment of anything a man could want. I'm so thankful to be loved by God, thankful to be loved by my wife, and grateful, thankful to be able to minister to a great group of people. And all that God's done these years, our big day recently, where we took the gospel out to the community, held a dozen or so public services, and it's just a great thing to be able to be a part of God's work, and we need him. And uh, we need to be busy for him. The last thing we want to do is be idle down here on earth living for the very same things that the unsaved people live for. A shame on us if the only achievements we have are things that could line up with our unsaved next-door neighbor. If it's material possessions, bank accounts, uh, investments, uh, retirement funds, travel and vacations, pictures of our grandkids if that's all we've got folks that's a real sad life because that is so temporary jesus said what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul and god has something so much richer for us now in the midst of the will of god there are wonderful things and i'm grateful for things but uh, god gives us richly all things to enjoy he tells timothy but those things aren't to motivate us and those things certainly aren't a measure of success and that ridiculous uh, bumper sticker that was popular in our area a decade or so ago, he that dies with the most toys wins. That's about as stupid a statement as there is. Um, what, a, what a crazy way to live. Uh, you live maybe 50, 70, 100 years, and then a, the, a hundred thousand years from now, you will be very much alive somewhere. And as a Christian, you'll be in heaven, but will you have brought anything with you? And uh, let's live for God. Um, there's an awful lot to be said about that, but I'm going to be in Jeremiah 39 and Jeremiah 40 for a few minutes today. I just would like to point out uh, just a wonderful story of grace. Uh, for years, just uh, Jeremiah had been warning Jerusalem and Israel, the, the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom, about the impending doom. They were in rebellion to, against God. They were ignoring his commandments. They were living uh, godless lives, selfish lives. And his message was truly a repent or perish kind of preaching. Uh, no one wanted to hear it. They threatened him. They criticized him. They jailed him. They, they, did, they beat him. Uh, all kinds of problems Jeremiah faced because he was preaching the message God had given him to preach. At one point, he was dumped into a kind of a cross between a dungeon and a sewer. And the only reason he lived is because a slave was worried about him and got permission to uh, sneak over to their place and lower some rags together, kind of made a rope and 
didn't even have a real rope. He just had some rags tied together and, and pulled Jeremiah out. Uh, the end of the story uh, was a tragic, tragic time of suffering and judgment. But the grace, the story I wanted to point out in chapter 39 and 40 is, is the reminder that God is just and God is faithful. And Jeremiah was most certainly a man who was called of God and then faithfully served God, but his life was hard. Um, the hurt that he faced was more than most people in the history of, certainly in the history of preaching and the ministry. He, he didn't get any good results. And, you know, his when his birthday rolled around, the church didn't give him a great birthday gift. And he suffered. But there's an end. And we got to remember there is an end. And so I want to point out four simple things. So we've got, remember the story, there's a, there's a godless king, and he kind of wanted Jeremiah's input, but he didn't really want to do what Jeremiah said. There is this slave that had rescued Jeremiah. There's the preacher, of course. And, um, and then there's um, just a, a soldier, maybe a ca captain or commander, and he's in the story as well. And if you read through chapter 39 and 40, you'll see these a little more detailed than I'll mention here. But first of all, um, I want to I want to start in chapter 39, verse 17 and 18, and talk about the man who stood up for Jeremiah, a slave, and God made the slave free. So in Jeremiah 39:17, it says, uh, "I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord, and thou shalt not be given into the hand of the men whom thou art afraid, for I will surely deliver thee. Thou shalt." not fall by the sword, but thy life shall be for a prey unto thee, because thou hast put thy trust in me, saith the Lord. A slave was promised freedom and deliverance. And uh, don't worry about your position right now. Worry about the position you have before God and what God promises for you to have in the days to come. And uh, for this slave, he promised freedom. And, you know, as a child of God, we're a slave to the world, a slave to sin, a slave to the passions of the flesh. And then you get saved and you begin to yield your life to God. And uh, you find the treasures and the blessings of, of the king on earth. And then eventually a day will reign and rule with Christ forever. The slave is set free. Secondly, there's a king that becomes a captive in chapter 39 Verses 6 and 7, it says, The king of Babylon slew the sons of Zedekiah in Riblah before his eyes. And the king of Babylon slew all the nobles of Judah. Moreover, he put out <clears throat> Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with chains to carry him to Babylon. So first of all, we find that there was a slave set free. Secondly, we find the king being made a captive. This king who refused the preaching, refused to repent, and he became a captive, a blinded captive, a captive who the last things he saw was his, his own sons being murdered. And uh, don't you worry about whether you have the accolades of the world. Be sure you have the, the, uh, the love and favor of God. That's the thing we want to seek after. And this king, who had all the opportunities of worldly power and worldly attention, but he, he died um, and, and watched his boys die a, a death that was a judgment because he ignored the preaching. So we've got a, a slave becoming free. We've got a king becoming a captive. And then there's a preacher that gets rewarded. And uh, we'll get back to who told him these things. But in chapter 39, 
in verse 11, now Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, saying, take him and look well to him. So here's a king, clear, crossed uh, hundreds of miles away in Babylon, and says, you make sure that, that Jeremiah is taken care of, middle of verse 12, and do him no harm, but do unto him even as he shall say to thee. In other words, he told his captain, he said, you treat Jeremiah any way he wants to be treated. Verse 13, so Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, sent to uh, Nebuashbin and these other guys, uh, and they sent and took Jeremiah out of the court of the prison and committed him to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, uh, the son of Shaphan, that he should carry him home and so he dwelt among the people. And so here you find Jeremiah being delivered. And it goes on. Uh, there's some, some great things in chapter 40 and verse 5. Uh, now, while he was not yet gone back, he said, Go back also to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon hath made governor over the cities of Judah, and dwell with him among the people. Or, so he's giving him instructions, Or go whithersoever it seemeth convenient to thee to go, so the captain of the guard gave him victuals and a reward and let him go. So here the preacher, he was jailed, he was mocked, he was made fun of. But in, when the king comes, um, when the real king came along, he was rewarded and he was given food and care and, and given freedom and he was blessed. And so we've got a slave made free. We've got a king taken into bondage. We've got a preacher who's richly rewarded. And then here's the thing that's so amazing. God has a message, and he uses this heathen um, captain uh, to bring a wonderful message. In uh, Jeremiah chapter 40, in verse 3, now the, um, the, go back to verse 2, and the captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said to him, the Lord thy God hath pronounced this evil upon this place. Well, Jeremiah, the man of God, he'd been preaching this and preaches. Well, now this, this are, as far as we know, some unsaved heathen uh, commander he says, God did this. Verse 3, now the Lord hath brought it and done according to as according as he hath said, because you have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed his voice. Therefore, this thing has come upon you. And now, behold, I loose this day from the chains which are upon thy hands. He's talking to Jeremiah. So here, here's this heathen uh, commanding officer uh, under the command of the king of Nebuchadnezzar. And he comes along and says, you know why this all happened? Because God judged this city because they wouldn't obey. And Jeremiah's standing there thinking, I've been trying to tell them that for a long time, and they won't listen to me either. But um, here it is. You've got a slave made free. You've got a king who becomes a captive. You've got a preacher richly rewarded. And you've got this heathen commander speaking up for God and making it clear to everybody that it was their sin that brought about this judgment. Hey, never mind about what you get when you're here on earth because God is faithful.